Season 1, Episode 2. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you for joining me on Episode 2 of the Strictly Cheap Podcast. I thank everyone that has reached out to me so far. Um, I want to continue this episode with where we kind of left off with the last episode, which is uh, we were talking about shamanism and the things that are utilized within shamanism to help us uh, per se heal. And now remember, healing is not necessarily of the physical body. It is of the mind, body, and the soul. We must commit to uh, integrating all three parts of that in order to fully heal ourselves. And remember, everything discussed in these is not in replacement of medical advice or any kind of medical treatments that you are being uh, given. And acknowledge that this is for informational purposes only, um, from personal experience, from personal uh, research, and other elements of what Circle Itchy is all about. So going into that, one of the next things that is a big part of the journey that I've been on is you know, dream interpretation. I don't know how many of you actually remember your dreams, how many of you actually um, can interpret what you've seen in your dreams, um, whether you're having a deja vu moment, whether you're just having a uh, visionary experience. It's, it's hard to say, depending on what you're looking at. But one of the things I've always wanted to know is um, why do some of my dreams pers personally have an effect on what is coming up in my life? Um, I feel like I'm getting premonitions of what is to come and you know with that there are different elements within that um, that I can say play a big part of it we talk about how the Native Americans or the indigenous peoples have um, utilized Mother Earth and Father Sky within their cultures and animal symbology plays a big part in that too so when we look at a bear, they look at a bear differently. When we look at a deer, they may see deer as a different symbol. So de depending on the actual tribe that you're, you're um, researching, you'll see that each of the elements of animals play a different uh, message. And so through that, I have learned that there is a great resource out there. And it has sold over 500,000 copies um, since, its, since its first printing in 1993, it looks like. And it is called Animal Speak. Animal Speak is by Ted Andrews. Ted Andrews is one of the most respected um, cultivators of this information. And he, of course, is since, I believe, passed. I can't remember exactly, but I believe he's passed. And... Um, you know, on the back of this book, it says, uh, Ted Andrews was a popular metaphysical author, teacher, and lecturer. He was a licensed wildlife rehabilitator and a longtime volunteer at Bruckner Nature Center in Troy, Ohio. It says, as an author, Ted wrote more than 40 books, including The Healer's Manual, How to Meet and Work with Your Spirit Guides, How to Heal with Color, and Sacred, Sacred Sounds. And of course, his, his most renowned, which is Animal Speak, The Spiritual and Magical Powers of Creatures, Great and Small. Um, I use this book to uh, kind of reference different symbols that I get. I don't know about you, but I get hummingbirds a lot in my yard. I get uh, dragonflies a lot in my yard. Um, I also have one little one little visitor that likes to pop up every so often, and that is actually a red cardinal. And if we know, they don't really enjoy people that much. Um, so I see this, this red cardinal about once a year. And 
you know, I just let it do its thing and, you know, feed off the bird feeders and do what it needs to do and then it let it go away. But it just comes around once a year. Uh, however, the dragonflies seem to come and uh, they come in <laughs> in crowds, I like to say, or in uh, swarms. But there's about four or five dragonflies that appear in my yard every every summer, late summer. And uh, I always like to say, hi, mom, hi, dad, <laughs> hi, gram, hi, gramps. <laughs> Um, because I feel like the, they're watching over me. As, as many of you know, dragonflies represent um, angels from the other side, and uh, I feel like those are my angels. Those are my those are my guides, and uh, they look over me all the time. So that uh, you know that takes a big part in it. But I I wanted to talk about some things that you know I have experienced that others you know they can relate to it. They cannot relate to it. But um, you know I started remembering my dreams when I was a teenager and I started remembering a specific dream that I would have repeatedly and that dream was very very vivid and very real for me but as I go have gone through a lot of hypnosis and different areas of things which is very hard to hypnotize me apparently I've been told that on several occasions but um you know, going through the process of trying to understand what the what the true meaning of this dream is about, it, it's kind of ironic because here I am today um, and talking to you about it. But when I was a teenager, I started having a dream about a snake um, attacking me in the fields, and I'm like, okay, this is weird. Why why do I keep having a dream about a snake? <laughs> um, first of all, I'm afraid of them to death, and I don't like snakes, <laughs> and Whenever I would see it in my dreams, it would make it would wake me up, um, very, very powerfully. It would wake me up, and I, I can recall, it would wake me up so much that I would, you know, scream aloud, "Ah, don't, don't, don't get me!" or something along those lines. And it went on for a very long time. Now, you know, there's different meanings to different things with people's dreams, and you have to really take it all the way down to the past, the present, and the future. And um, for me, the the snake really became hmm, a symbol of what was to come. And I, I kind of laugh about that now because I feel like, you know, things that I've gone through is like a snake in the grass. <laughs> But they say that this the snake is a symbol of rebirth, resurrection, initiation, and wisdom. So I feel like the snake, um, the snake was kind of a way of me saying, "Let go of the past and, and enjoy the future." And this went on for a very long time. And like I said, at sixteen, up until I was probably in my early thirties, when I started going through the process of, you know, hypnosis and. Um, you know, grounding and, you know, getting my mind, getting my mind straight. And so with that, um, you know, I started looking up different informations about the snake symbology and, you know, Animal Speak gave me the best explanation as to why and to what, <laughs> what was really going on with this dream. And so one of the one of the keynotes um, in the book Animal Speak uh, it says the snake has a long has long been a symbol of death and rebirth. Before it sheds its skin, its eyes begin to cloud over, and it is 
it is entering into a stage between life and death. Snake medicine people were those who learned to imitate the snake and move between the realms of life and death for healing and enlightenment. So I, I felt like it was a way of saying to me, you know, you have ways to communicate as well, Victoria. You have ways to um, educate and inform those with you uh, with different things. And, and so here lies Circle Chi. And I uh, also found another note that says uh, in Greece, the snake was a symbol of alchemy and healing. The, the god Hermes carried a staff upon which were enwined two snakes. The caduceus symbol is the primary symbol of modern medicine and doctors. It is a symbol of wisdom expressed through healing. Now, I find that funny because, you know, I'm one to talk about healing because, you know, I've gone through my ups and I've gone through my downs. And I still feel like I'm healing. And I'm sure everybody does. I don't feel like I'm ever fully healed. You know, that being said, um, it, it says that... Um, in astrology, it's one in every 12 years, you know, we we name the year of the snake. And those born within that year are delivered to that in the qualities of compassion and clairvoyance and charm. Um, they usually need to learn lessons associated with forgiveness, superstitiousness, and pot possessiveness as well. And... During the time that I would get these dream of the snake, I was in a time where I was selfish. I wanted things just for me. I didn't really care what was going on around me, but it was it was all about me, me, me. And once I started to let go of the me is me, <laughs> and in believing that I am too you know, strong enough to to carry myself, the dream of the snake started to. To dissolve and it, it eventually went away I haven't had the dream of the snake in a very long time and it reminded me that we as human beings we forget that we go through processes in our life that we have our ups and we have our downs some of us have met the lowest of lows and have been able to come out of that but then there's those that go to the lowest of lows that don't come out of it so when you're when you're at your lowest low and you want to find forgiveness and you want to find healing and you want to find peace, the biggest thing is peace. Find your way into your your own head and take a time to recap what you've seen, what you've done, how you've done it, who you've done it with and allow yourself to immerse those visions that you've had. To allow you to, in essence, heal. To allow you to become a better version of you. And and so, you know, I'm going to continue talking about different things and different animals and things like that and what they mean. But, you know, I wanted to make that very important statement about the snake in, in my dream from, from many years. And let you kind of think about you know what what symbols have you gotten in your dreams that have been a long-standing thing what have you um what have you realized they meant to you and how do you define the message that you received and take it in you know share it with us if you if you are a part of the circle cheat community come to our facebook group 
and um, you know, tell us about it. We are very you know private within that group. We don't share anything outside of our group, and, and we're here to help each other. We want to discuss things. So tell us about your experience and what it did for you, and, and helped how it helped you heal. And uh, so we're going to go into, you know, some other things here as we talk about, you know, symbology. And it's not just about animal symbols, it's about other symbols. You know, sacred geometry plays another major part in the process of energy healing and integrated medicine and shamanism um, being a big part of that. And I think sacred geometry was really the second best thing besides, you know, indigenous cultures that drove me to this um, industry and I say industry because it's growing um, it is becoming more respected um, integrated medicine alternative medicine however you however you you know use the term it's all one and the same it's all going against Western medicine and utilizing Mother Earth to heal you plant medicine all these different things and So we're, we're going to kind of go into different things with sacred geometry now outside of animal symbology because to me they play a big part, like I said. And so we're going to do that right when we come back from the commercial break. But I want you to enjoy this song again on their Artlist.io um, recommendation. Um, definitely go there if you're looking for music for your podcast. But here is a uh, song for you to enjoy while we're on the commercial break. I'll be right back. Thanks.
So we're going into talks about sacred geometry, talking about, you know, symbology and the variations of symbols that the Native American cultures use. And, you know, uh, not just Native Americans, but the indigenous peoples across the world, really. And one of the one of the first things that comes up is, of course, the Triangle of the Trinity, the pyramids. And how did all of these elements that we see around the world, you know, bring a message and what does it mean? And you can read various different topics, whether you're a skeptic, whether you're a, you know, a theorist, whether you're anything. Um, we all have different symbols that appear. And obviously the triangle is one of the most powerful of them all because it, it unites the Trinity, mind, body, and soul. And, you know, I talk about the triangle mostly because, again, the pyramids. You see the triangle in just about every symbol that reflects any kind of religion. Um, it's used a lot in the messages of the United States. And I'm sorry if you can hear my book come turn into pages that I need to get to to make a little talk. So, um, the, um, the triangle appears in the cube and the star in the hexagram. You know, this, the triangle is everywhere. No matter what shape, what symbol, what, you know, dialect, whatever, you, you see the triangle everywhere. And throughout centuries and cultures and the one the mo the the one most important thing is uh, I'll talk more about it but throughout my my studies um there's one person that came up um whose name is Edgar Casey um any of you that are listening to this and if you are into you know spiritualism studies of the dream studies of anything he's the one to read about the Edgar Casey Foundation um I became part of it last year um throughout my studies and and they have a uh, their foundation is actually in Virginia Beach, Virginia, which is one of my favorite places to go. But, um, again, he talks about sacred geometry, and, and I think it was his um, writings that I reflect on the most when studying sacred geometry. You know, I've, I've, again, I've read several books, I've done a lot of research, and uh, I'm not an expert by any means. There's still a lot to learn. And it... My my background in sacred geometry began again with one of my teachers here in Memphis, Tennessee, that she wanted us to understand all the elements of intuition um, of our mind, our body, and our soul. What what things meant, and and she was very knowledgeable in sacred geometry. Uh, she was the one that you know taught me the mandalas. She's the one that helped me open up portals. She's the one that allowed me to you know, understand crystals and the divine, but, but most importantly, she's the one that gave me the ability to, to learn more about sacred geometry. Um, I, I reference two books a lot when I, whenever I talk about sacred geometry. Um, the first one is Sacred Geometry of the Earth, The Ancient Matrix of Mountains, of Monuments and Mountains by Mark Wilder and Catherine Young. Um, the second book is Sacred Geometry and the Spiritual Symbolism, The Blueprint of Creation by Donald B. Carroll. Um, I, I use these two books a lot because they, they have a vast amount of information. Um, different parts of the world that they've studied, the geometries of the um, planetary alignments and the obviously the monuments around the world that align to create this energy 
uh, matrix that we have. Um, some some believe that, some believe that we don't. But you know, Nostradamus was the one that believed it as well. We talk about different structures around the world that are there. Um, you know, leaning on these two books, like I said, um, I, I utilize them in understanding the um, pieces of Earth that make up this matrix that we talk about. And one of the things that drew, drew me to this book was actually the the, um, the description on the back, which is it's funny because um, Inner Traditions is actually one of my favorite publishers, oh, believe it or not. But... Um, it says that Mark Wilder and Catherine Young reveal the, that order is everywhere on Earth. On remote islands, soaring summits, level deltas, they unveil natural topographic patterns related to pi, the golden ratio, and the right triangle in geometry. And that as planets design emerges, it becomes clear that the hidden order in nature decided the location of ancient monuments around the world. Through detailed maps, Wilder and Young show how the locations of a megalithic monuments reflect and enhance the natural pattern on the Earth that connects its major features. And it goes back to what I was just saying. In different monuments around the world, it, it just you know articulates better that we didn't choose, or the people that built these structures didn't choose them. They were given messages to put them there. Um, the, the pyramids of Egypt, the... Um, uh, you know, the Cap Mars Jessup in Greenland, Cape Nordkin in Europe, Descartes Peninsula in Western Europe, and Dante Island on Eastern Europe. Um, they all make up the base of Cape Nordkin. But regardless, no matter what point you draw on any kind of globe, you will see that each of these different points create a triangle. And those triangles all connect. And I, I, I swear I've seen it a million times, and I'm sure all of you have. Just like I, I watch Ancient Aliens. I look at that as a um, pretty, pretty cool uh, research vessel uh, for today's times. But, you know, looking at a lot of the different things that they've talked about and the different things that you can read about... Um, I, I think that we as human beings need to recognize that you don't, you aren't drawn somewhere um, because of a job, because of loved ones. You're, you're drawn to a place or a structure because of fate. And I'm a strong believer in things happen for a reason. And when I say things happen for a reason, you know, I've moved countless number of times that I, I don't even can't even count them all on my hands and toes but um, being a person in military we're, we're taken places and we don't necessarily want to go uh, as a military dependence but it gave me the opportunities in life to to enjoy I've talked about you know I I was born in Italy and I came to America when I was two or three years old don't ask me the exact time I have to go back and look at records but we're not here to talk about facts on that um, but each of those destinations were not my choice to go. They were my parents' choice to go. And they chose those places because it was for them. Um, but at the same time, it was for us too. Um, living on the East Coast was definitely 
you know, at the times more expensive. Um, living on the in the South was more relatively, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, respective of their incomes. Uh, living in Texas, living in, you know, Tennessee, two of the most, my favorite places to live. Of course, I went to college in Texas and Tennessee, both. But, but during those times, I was able to achieve a lot of things, learn a lot of things, explore a lot of things. And not many people do that anymore. Um, like I told you last episode, I'm a very adventurous person and I love to explore. Heck, here I am going, you know, East Tennessee again, which is somewhere I love to go during the fall months because I love the, the, the changing of the trees and the flowing waters that come through there. It's a beautiful time of year. And... You know, if you've never been to Gatlinburg, it's another one of those places that it's kind of funny that I talk about, you know, points and destinations. If you go to uh, Gatlinburg, you can go to a place and you can see seven states at one time. Um, not necessarily at one time, but you can look out in different directions and see seven states from one point of the mountain. And it's a fantastic view. It's a fantastic view. But I'm going back this, you know, in a couple months to... Explore Sky Bridge because that was one of the new things that they opened in the last couple of years um, since the fires in Gatlinburg, and um, I just I just look forward to going. But think about the places that you've been. Think about the places that you've seen. What what has been symbolic to you, and does it resonate with the symbols of history? Does it? Are you drawn there because of the history? Are you drawn there because of your own personal experiences? Are you, are you just drawn there because something told you to go there? I want you guys to think about that during the commercial break on that. Because I think it's important to recognize why you're drawn somewhere. What's taking you there? Because those things allow you to immerse yourself in a variety of things. So think about that while we're on the commercial break. We'll be right back.
back. I hope you're still with me. Sometimes I feel like I'm rambling, but I hope you're, you're understanding some of the things I'm discussing because, you know, I talk about these things not for my importance, but the importance of you and, and your journeys because everything in life, like I said, happens for a reason. And when you look back on your past, it resonates with what's in your future. So don't ever take for granted anything that's happened in your past. Whether you've hit in your worst time, like I talked about early on. Whether you've hit in your rock bottom. And that rock bottom took you to another place. And now you've come out of rock bottom. And you're able to see things for what they're worth. Just remember, things happen for a reason. So we see symbols. And we see animals. And we see writings for a reason. You know, I was giving you Circle of Chief for a reason. Because I was told in messages, and variety of messages, that I need to give back, and this is my way of giving back. I'm not a, I'm not an audio, I'm, I'm, I'm an audio person. Look, listen, I get tongue tied. I'm not a video person. I do not like being on camera. But if you ask me to talk, I can talk all day. But I promise you, I'm going to keep it <laughs> within that hour. <laughs> so. Here we go. We got about 30 minutes left and I want to talk about, you know, spiritual symbolism. Spiritual symbolism is different than religious symbolism, in my opinion. Spiritual symbolism is the Mayans, the, the Kukulon. I can't ever say their name. I apologize for that. Um, you know, Stonehenge, serpents, the, Egyp the Egyptians, all of these different cultures around the world play a big part in the symbols that we connect with even the 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 chi we talk about chi and and what it what it means now remember i spell chi with a with the chinese sense of it which is qi you have other versions of the word chi which is chi obviously tai chi and um but i use the traditional spelling of it which is qi for the circle of chi chi is medicine chi is energy she is healing and without it we're as we as humans are really in my opinion nothing so you know i ask you to join the circle why didn't i call it the triangle of she you know somebody asked me that one time if, if the triangle is so symbolic of, of what you've learned why don't you use it in the name i said well because think about the flower of life think about the the circle of life we we, we laugh at you know walt disney and you know, the, the, sim, the symbol of, you know, the circle of life. Well, the flower of life is a perfect example of, and actually actually utilized in the symbol of my, of, of our community. And, and I don't say my community, but our community, because without it, we are nothing. And the Catholic Church uses the flower of life. The, 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 the Jewish use the, the, the Star of David as their symbol. But, you know, it all resonates with the same thing. And, you know, what is the god or goddesses? What is the what is that symbol in our views of the tree of life? Well, infinity, infinity. If you look at the symbols and how they cross, they all become infinite. And infinite is our soul, and and, and that means we never die. We 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 merely cross over. Um, and again, I I reflect back on Edward Casey, who said. Um, 
everything is vibratory. Absolutely correct, is what one person says. It says, in his reading 699-1, everything that has taken a mature, taken on materially, pardon me, everything that has taken on materially has to become an expression of any kingdom in the material world. It is by the vibrations that are the motions. All vibration must eventually, as it materializes into matter, pass through a stage of evolution and out. For it rises in its emanations and, de and descends also. Hence the cycle or circle or arc that is descriptive of all influences of experience of man. And very few do, they come at angles. And it's emphasized that and very few do they come at angles. Well, it's it's harder to draw a shift left to a shift right, but it's easier to draw a circle because naturally that's what we do. The earth is round, whether they're whether you spectate that the earth is flat and all I mean, I don't know what world you live in, but um, you know, there's a lot of question is the is the earth really round or is the earth really flat? Well, if we have water and the water surrounds us, it's hard to flow up and down east and west if it's flat in my opinion so if the if 80 percent of earth is water then if it's flat how does it get across so think about that but however you depict it i don't care um so again the circle the circle of life everything is a circle so our circle of our tribe our circle of our being our circle of healing our circle of everything we we form a circle to make sure it's an infinite, infinite vibration of everything that's happening. When we do our spiritual tribe, um, religious um, ceremonies are done in a circle in most cases. Um, if we do a, um, a a rehab session, you always hear them sit in a circle. You know, the circle brings the energy in. It allows the energy to circle within the center of it. If you break that circle, the energy is released. So when you think about the elements of earth 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 made up of air wind fire water all of those things go in circles to to create the the most powerful beauty that they are you ever watched a flame you know burn it it doesn't burn straight up it you know as it crackles it, it spins to create what it is um, if you watch water as it flows, it goes down and it sometimes will go in a, in a circular motion to get where it needs to go. But the, the, point, the point is, guys, the circle of life is about the circle of being. Energy is captured within a circle, within a sphere. And without that sphere, it cannot manifest. And so as humans, we are, we are manifesting on Earth is an opportunity for whomever we are surrounded by and you know that takes us into different portals different things but we won't talk about that today that's a much heavier topic and i'll have to bring you know more knowledgeable person in on that but um this circle again is important um, you look at it the yin-yang symbol you look at it in the the, the charities of the labyrinth the charters of the labyrinth and the um, the spirals the spirals every that, that, sorry about that I was just reading in the pages as I was talking <laughs> that 
If you look at the spirals, they all make a circle. Spirals is a circle, right? Well, every indigenous culture created a spiral and all the writings on their, the rocks that we've, you know, archaeologically found over the years. Um, the, uh, the, you know, the holograph, the holographic universe, um, spirals were used. Um, labyrinths were used to uh, get you through. Uh, you hear a lot of retreats using the labyrinth as a, as a walking portion of the retreat for them to balance themselves balance their mind their body and their soul walk that labyrinth to let the things out that you must manifest to to release and once you release those things within that labyrinth they they become they become true so when you when you think about the importance of symbols and how they are you know think about what the outcome of them is the labyrinth is an opening of a circle so you have to let it out and um I feel like I'm rambling again, but you understand what I'm saying. The, um, the, the next area that we'll talk about, obviously, is, you know, one of the things that has been a misunderstanding, a um, conspiracy, I guess you could say. Um, it, it may not be if you, if you look at the logic behind it. And, and I'll, I'll talk about what that is in just a minute when we come back from the commercial break. But think about... What symbol do we talk about the most as we are, you know, in the era of disclosure? We're in the era of uh, transparency. What what thing do we want to know the most about and where do they come from and where do they happen? Why do they happen? We'll talk about that when we come back from the commercial break. The Healing Matrix is excited to introduce the only Vibro Hydro Acoustic Healing Meditation Table in the state of Tennessee. Allow yourself to holistically immerse within multiple synchronized advanced state-of-the-art technologies along with ancient healing modalities. This delivery system vessel reduces stress, alleviates physical pain, creates a space for deep meditation and resonance within your body that is needed to release energies you have physically and psychosomatically attached to. Reach higher levels of consciousness while connecting to the divine field of love within your heart space. Visit MyHealingMatrix.com to find out how you can experience this state-of-the-art technology. Are you looking for quality, organic, and natural-based products but not able to get to a local shop? CoherbinLife.com may have what you need. California Urban Life has aromatherapy and accessories, health and beauty products, baby and children products, including green toys, plus a mix of hand-selected food and beverage brands, household cleaning, household decor, kitchen needs, and of course, hand-picked pet care suppliers. All available at C-A-H-E-R-B-A-N-L-I-F-E.com. Shop now and use code CIRCLE21 at checkout to save 10% off your first order. Again, C-A-H-E-R-B-A-N-L-I-F-E.com and use CIRCLE21 at checkout. Welcome back. 
Now, based on the clues that I gave you, do you have an idea what I was talking about? What we're gonna, what I'm gonna talk about next, or you know, overlay pretty quick. I am talking about crop circles. Crop circles have been one of the most misunderstood, misguided, um, the, one of the least believable things in the world, but yet they have been going on for years. Crop circles are not anything new. Um, they, they have been seen around the world, whether you're Christian, whether you're a Jew, whether you're Muslim, whatever. Crop circles have been visible around the world. And um, to me, they, they symbolize a lot of different things. To one, they're energy codes, number one. Number two, they're also um, communications from another world. We're not the only living things in the world, whether you believe it or not. And um, so the other world, you know, uh, crop circles. Crop circles became a thing, you know, early on after, after Roswell in the United States, but they've been going on for years. You've seen them pop up in cornfields. You've seen them pop up in empty fields. But whether you know it, those are symbols coming from the other side. Uh, other side, other universes, other portals, um, other dimensions. And other dimensions being other lives, other... Um, what's the word I'm looking for, guys? Um, other cultures. Um, you get what I'm saying. So remember when you're when you're hearing people talking about things, whether you think that they're just cuckoo, whether they think they're crazy, they they have a reason for their the messages being brought to them. So they're not crazy, they're not cuckoo. They they were given the message because they have the ability to translate those messages. So if you've seen crop circles, um, if you've seen pictures, if you've seen them in person, um, now I'm not saying they're all real. Let me make that very clear. There have been uh, proofs of you know, recreations of things like that. So not every one of them is real, but, but do know that they do happen and, and crop circles aren't always circles. They are, uh, different symbols that bring us messages. You know, I talk about different programs that I watch on television, ancient aliens, uh, Yellowstone in the last episode, but, um, there's another show that has been drawing a lot of, a lot of eyes in a lot of years to this territory because you know our United States government has actually done research there but that is the uh, the TV show on History Channel the secret of Skywalker Ranch Skinwalker Ranch excuse me um, you know Skinwalker Ranch they've been they've got researchers there now private researchers studying the the ground whether it's uh, radiation magnetism a portal they haven't given us full answers, but there have been a lot of manifestations there that have been happening during these two years that they've been studying. And and I, I use that as an example of symbols and things that happen because they believe that there's a portal in what they call Homestead 2. And a portal is a symbol to those that want to connect us in a different dimension. You know, we talk about space and time theory and, and whether we can actually time travel. Well, I believe that there are ways to do it. Um, I'm not a scientist by any means, so don't quote me on this. But if there are ways to, if there are ways to um, rehabilitate a brain, there should be ways to use science to travel in time. Personally, I think it's been done. I don't have proof of that, but I believe that, you know, Einstein, Tesla, and all the others have, they were very close. 
Um, but at the same time, we, we, we all love the movie Back to the Future. But I don't think the, the storyline of Back to the Future really relates to what we really want to get out of time travel. We don't want to recreate history. We want to be able to travel back in time to see something different from a different perspective. And when you abuse that, then that becomes a problem. So I think that my personal opinion of that is we are not given the ability publicly to utilize time travel because abuse of power is a major thing. <laughs> so when you abuse your powers, you're, you're not able to do things. So that's why we haven't been given the opportunities to do it. Now, is it not being done elsewhere? Sure, why not? I believe it has. What's to say the Russians haven't done it already or the, or the Chinese? They, they're so far advanced to us in technology, it's ridiculous. But, you know, not speaking of them openly because there's a lot of things that both of those, cult those, both of those countries have that we need. And, you know, that's just my personal perspective. But at the same time, human beings aren't just Americans. We, there's people all over this world, all over this earth, all over this planet that have experienced crop circles. And like the researchers at Skinwalker Ranch, it comes in a time and a place. Whether it's 1975, whether it's 1984, whether it's 1999 when they said the world was going to end. Well, guess what? It didn't. We're still here. 21 years later. 22 years almost. But think about that. If the world would have ended in 1999, one, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you. Um... Two, I'd have never gone to college. <laughs> uh, three, we would not be able to help or alter the things that we've done over the last 20 years if the world would have ended like they said. Now, when I say they said, you know, Notre Dame's Notre writings have been used a lot to predict the end of the world, to predict the catastrophic things in the world. But, you know, like Notre Dame's, they're all depicted or uh, defined a different way, translated a different way, I guess is the best way to say that. So if you translate Notre Dame's, you translate a, a crop circle, if you translate a message, in your way, it could be a different than a way of another. So what happened? We, we created languages. We created um, uh, teachings over these, you know, last 5,000, 10,000 years, whatever they've been, to create languages. And within those languages, of course, dialects. But they say that the English language is the universal language because every country speaks some form of English. And, you know, being an American, um, you know, it's kind of funny because, you know, we're the least educated in, in languages, in my opinion. Um, I barely speak Spanish. I don't even speak Italian, and I was born in that country. So it just kind of shows you that we as Americans don't honor other cultures like we should. But um, what I'm trying to say is... Symbols, symbols in different cultures means different things. Um, sacred geometry um, is one of those things that is understood universally. It's kind of like a universal law. It's not necessarily a universal law, but it, it could be defined as a universal law. Sacred geometry 
um, studied over thousands of years, um, you know, they, they have determined that there are specific meanings behind different symbols. So they can say that that, that creation is one of the things that is universal. Another thing that is universal is, um, you know, the lunar system, you know, the sky, the, the sky, the way the earth rotates around the moon or the earth rotates around the sun, vice versa. And, and all the different, um, ver uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, the crescents of the moon. So you, you understand that those are universal laws. So when we in America see the, the way the moon is, the other people on the other side of the world may see a different version of the moon because they're so many hours ahead of us. So again, it's all in a 24-hour period. Um, and that's another thing that's universal is time. Time is universal. But if you go to another dimension, what is time? There is no time in other dimensions from what I've been reading. So how do you how do you make the best of that? You make the best of the time that you have on your planet, on Earth in our case. You make the time of your mind, your body, and your soul. And all of those three things, you know, created equally will become the best version of you. So look back on the symbols that are in your life. Look back on the sacred geometry that has been manifested in front of you. And, and create a timeline, per se, a diary of what you've seen. And see how it comes out on the other end. Because I will tell you, over the last five years that I've been doing this work for myself, um, I've seen a, I've seen a, I've seen a pattern, and that pattern was through the jump, uh, sacred geometries and in the symbols. They all relate back to the chakra system and and how I needed to heal, um, heal each of those elements. So I encourage you to do the same thing. You keep a journal. Uh, you know, keep a journal of the um, animal symbols that you get, the sacred geometry symbols that you get, um, the uh, the viewpoints that you get in your dreams. What are those things? Um, kind of define them your own way. But in the end, your journal will guide you to the next step, just like it did me. And, um, you know, I'll be coming out soon with a uh, Manifest Your Dreams uh, challenge for everybody. Uh, and it relates back to this, obviously, this, what I feel like is rambled of a, of a, of an episode here, but I apologize. But, you know, bottom line in this episode is that just like the indigenous cultures, we as humans have different elements that we, um, have in our life. And one of them is writing, another one of them is reading, but another of them is vision. And vision is different in different things. Vision can be... Um, geometric symbols, visions can be animal symbols, um, Christ symbols, um, and there are what we call sound symbols, different sounds that you manifest mean different things, but that's a whole different episode. Point being is symbols. Symbols play a huge part in every message that we receive, and how you dictate that message is how you take it to the next step. So keep a journal. Keep a journal of the things that you see. I keep a keep a journal of the things that you hear. Keep a keep a journal of what you manifest in your dreams and see if it plays a role in what is happening around you at that time in your life. Uh, see if it plays a role in the things that are happening in the near future like it did me. But do it for yourself. Don't do it because, you know, you listen to this podcast and I told you to do it. Do it for yourself because I guarantee you, like myself, you will see things that have manifested that are... Um, perplexing, 
things that are um, eye-openers and other things that are just gorgeous, beautiful things that you need to endure and you welcome because things are coming. Things are coming fast and we're seeing that today um, on the American side, as we all know. But um, just think about that. And I, and I encourage you to do that journal. And, and again, reach out to us on the Circle of Chi, uh, in the Circle of Chi group on Facebook. Uh, join the Circle of Chi community. It is free. Um, and it, and it, you can also do paid levels. But I encourage you to become a free member of the community so you can interact with like-minded people. And you can ask questions of each other. You can, um, you know, connect with people. You can hear about different places that you can, you know, study at, like the Edgar Casey Foundation in Virginia Beach, or um, as we talk about on the next episode um, here in Memphis, uh, we have a facility called the Healing Matrix. It opened last year by the owner Tony Cohen Robertson, and uh, Tony Cohen is a person that I have actually. Um, I've actually gone and experienced some of the things that she has at her facility personally, and I hope that you will too, but she has a, an enormous amount of medical background as well as, um, counseling, but now she is taking it to the next level, um, through the indigenous tribes. Uh, she's actually taking a trip to Peru, um, through the month of September and back in October, but she's going down there to learn ayahuasca. And anybody that knows anything about the indigenous cultures knows that, you know, ay ayahuasca is a very spiritual, a very uh, practical, a very sacred uh, practice that very few get to train and do. And for her to have this, she has said it's an honor, but she will be our guest on the next episode of the Circle of Chi podcast next week. And she will um, explain, you know, what the healing matrix here in Memphis is, what you can get out of it, and what she hopes that you will um, experience coming to the facility. Uh, some to her retreats, come to her classes, everything that she does, because the insight that I got from her in the short period of time that I did open a lot of eyes and it'll open a lot of ears and um please join me next week when i welcome tony to the show and welcome you to the in the, the healing matrix and what she is planning with her ayahuasca retreat um here in memphis i will talk to y'all next week thank you for joining me thank you for listening and again always reach out uh, via email victoria at circlechi.com uh, join CircleOfChi.com and, of course, our Facebook group, uh, Circle of Chi, uh group on Facebook. Simple as that. And, uh, obviously, I'll, on, I'll be airing each week on Trim Radio Network at 7 p.m. on Fridays and Eastern Time. And then I will also be having the podcast available every Friday evening um, on all of your, uh, your favorite podcast channels. I appreciate y'all talk with you again soon and i look forward to next week when we have tony on the show thank you again